Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Jay Moore. And we got you for a three-hour ride here on this Steel Breakers Thursday with open phone line for wait, you at three one two. Huh? You missed the name. What do you mean? What about Shay? Shay who? The guy that's supposed to be in the executive producer chair. We did a topic yesterday about would you rather work from home or be in the office? Yes. And he must have taken it literally. Because he's not here, not responding to text, not answering his phones, on the schedule, as always. Yes. No show. Hmm. So we do have Shay Norling working from home today to find out how that's going to work instead of coming into the office. And not responding. Yes. So it's 7.01 and 42 seconds. No sign of the EP. Hmm. Hmm. Let it be a lesson to all you young, aspiring <laughs> broadcasters that when you get a gig in a major morning show yeah. in the city of Chicago, try to show to work. Well, let us, uh, let's pray. You're a reverend. Let's pray that he's okay and that he will make it in at some point today or next week. Either Correct. way, 312-332-3776 is our phone number. It's quite the thing that we do the topic yesterday. He's like, yeah, you know what? How about we'll do it from home? Wow. Or something. Something's right. going on. But you know what? We have to move forward, Cap, because uh, we will light a candle, say a prayer, and do what we do. That's exactly <laughs> what we do. So here's a name that I didn't think we'd talk about this morning, but I think it's worth mentioning the name of Brock Heward. Brock Heward is a longtime uh, talk show host in, in Seattle, mm-hmm. former quarterback in college in the NFL. And so it is interesting, Cap, to hear from Brock Heward, who was on with Waddle and Sylvie. Now, you say, well, why Brock? Well, Brock is a college football analyst for, for Fox uh, and FS1. And he had a lot of things to say about Caleb Williams. And, of course, during this time between now and the draft, there will be a lot of conversations about what the Bears are going to do, especially at the quarterback position, because there's a lot of plates spinning in the air. There's mm-hmm. so much that Ryan Poles has to do this offseason. This is a huge offseason for the Chicago Bears as far as the direction. Mm-hmm. You watch Caleb Williams play, and then you try to gather as much possible intel as you can find. Period. That's it. Mm-hmm. So in doing their due diligence, the Bears are going to watch every tape of every game he's played at Oklahoma and USC. They're going to talk to every single person who's ever interacted. It could be an Uber driver. They're going to find him. What was he like? Did he tip well? They're going to ask every pertinent question. In the end, one man is going to make the determination, and it will determine his football legacy. That is Ryan Poles. Do I move on from Justin? My locker room really likes him. He's talented. 
he's not a bad player. Or can I be better? Can the other guy get me where I don't think Justin can? And financially, this would be far more beneficial for the Bears because he comes in on a rookie deal. Mm -hmm. So that's all going to go into the scales and which one it's going to tip. That's his call. Now, people will hear that this morning and say, ah, cheap. No, that's that's nothing that, to do with that, it. No, but uh, but we got to cut that off of the past, though, because that will sound like the Bears just don't want to pay Justin Fields. They're just being cheap because they're going to reset the quarterback market and go with the rookie. No, that's not the case. Correct. It's not. This is not about finances. Everyone is under the same cap. I know. I don't know if everyone knows that, but everyone's under the same salary structure in the NFL. Correct. So the idea that well, the Bears want to pay less that that's not the case. It's about ability. And it's about having the best at each position on the football field to increase your chances to be a playoff team. That's what that's about, Cap. Correct. So it's not about money. But we heard Mike Tannenbaum say that and others say that, hey, why not reset the quarterback situation and have Caleb Williams there? Now, for those that love Justin Fields, as again, you'll hear what you want to hear, but I'll keep saying it. I understand that point of view. That you say all you need to do is be able to add on to what you already have and Justin Fields will be a better quarterback. Now, again, nothing's guaranteed with that. Yes, the Bears still, whether it's Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, need another wide receiver, need more offensive line help, need to have some cohesion offensively. Whether it's Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, either quarterback, any quarterback needs more for this offense to hum. And so that's why I've been of the opinion, if the Bears bring back Justin Fields, I am totally fine with that, as long as they supply him with the right uh, uh, assets offensively and the uh, offensive line and an offensive coordinator that he can jibe with. And the same thing with Caleb Williams. It's the same thing, Cap. It's the same thing. If Caleb Williams came in here tomorrow, he still needs offensive line help. He still needs to have other receivers to work with. And there's a learning curve with him because he's a rookie quarterback. So whoever's back there, the Bears, before we even talk about the quarterback, need to be able to supply the quarterback with the proper talent around him. Correct. That's all. I mean, but I know that that blanket statement, even that is not good enough for some. It's good enough for me because I'm a Bears fan first. That's what matters to me first. That's what I tweeted that, look, I'm going to ride or die with Ryan Poles. And if he says the best thing to do is draft Caleb Williams, let's go. If he says the best thing to do is trade that pick and keep Justin, let's go. If he says the best thing to do is take Marvin Harrison at one, let's go. Mm -hmm. Whatever he chooses, I can't change that decision. I could simply give my opinion. So eight weeks ago when he doesn't talk to the UCLA or the media after the UCLA game and I'm critical of him, does not mean that I wouldn't draft him. I said that was absolutely something that me in my previous life, when I was scouting, would ask, why did you do that? You're the highest paid guy on your team. You make millions in NIL. You are the face of that program, and you have a responsibility when you win or lose to wear it. Period. That would be a concern. Yeah. That does not mean that I wouldn't draft him. And I've said consistently, without ever flip-flopping around, is let Poles do his homework. If the kid passes all his background checks on the whiteboard with the plays, the video, hanging out for days on end, asking him every philosophical question possible, doing all the necessary research about his character, if he passes all that, I think they're taking him. That's, that's it. 
So Brock Heward was on yesterday. Great interview with mm-hmm. Waddle and Sylvie. Really was. You can get it top of the 5 o'clock hour on the Waddle and Sylvie page. Awesome stuff. And that's why you come to this radio station. We have fun. We talk sports and other. And you get great intel from great people. And so listening to him, he was eloquent in how great he thinks Caleb Williams is. Legs like Franco Harris, he Mm -hmm. said. He could spin it. And then he talked about his character. We'll play all that in a minute. My point is, he would keep Justin, which surprised me. But he said, I would play bully ball. I would build like the Ravens, and I would run with Justin, and I would get all these other assets. That's fine. Brock, by his own admission, hasn't sat down and studied Justin on tape every game. Mm -hmm. There's a lot lacking there. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And so who the OC is, how is he going to develop, is all going to go into this big equation. They put it in the blender. What's going to come out? Is it going to be we need to move on or we need to keep him? That's for Ryan Poles. Well, you know, uh, to be fair, Brock Heward is locked in on college football all season, working with Jason Bedetti, if I'm not mistaken, on the Fox Sports broadcasts. And he doesn't break down the film like a Brian Baldinger or Chase Daniel, whoever, that's really close to quarterbacks and watching it day in and day out. So I thought that the, and we're going to play it here, Brock Heward's thoughts on Justin Fields was surface level. And that's fine because he knows more about Caleb Williams as he knows about Justin Fields. That's fine. Surface level is like, oh, man, when I see Justin Fields, he can run with the football. And he does have a powerful arm. But it's in between. That's where the analysis is, is the in-between. When he, doesn't, when he can't run, when he doesn't have the big arm to throw it down the field of DJ Moore, then what else is there to his game? That's the question. Correct. That's why people are questioning whether that Justin Fields is right for the Bears moving forward because it's in the in-between. The intangibles matter as much as him running the football. The, you know, the big plays, the big chunk yards is fine, Cap, but where you make the money is to be able to extend plays and get first downs. That's what, that's what you got to have more often. So I would have been much more concerned had he said, guys, my brother's an assistant in that program. He's not a great kid. He's vastly overrated. That would have been much more of a concern than him saying all these flowery, amazing things about his character. Because those are the biggest questions. Everyone, even the Justin Fields fanboys say, oh, the kid could throw the football. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. But... You've got cuts up there. Yep, yep. There's there's one where he talks about his character. Okay, you want to get to the character first. Yes, which which I think is last as far as my analysis. That's me. But let's let's hear the personality. Then at some point we'll talk about what the Bears should do with the, with the first pick and also what the Bears should do to build around Justin. So first the Caleb Williams personality profile. Here's Brock Heward. Yeah, I think this year was a little harder, I'll be honest. You know, I think when he ascended, it's always harder to handle prosperity and success. Um, my brother's on staff there at USC as well, so I, I've got quite a bit of background on this. And I'll tell you the one thing uh, that they loved about that dude is he treated everybody incredible. And that's not always the case in Gen Z, especially when they get a lot of stuff handed to them or have earned. Let me rephrase that because he earned all of that NIL and everything that came and all those accolades. But he treated people incredibly well. He was generous. 
And we don't talk about that very much with quarterbacks. But again, away from my whole like spinning a football, how are you as a human? How do dudes get around? You know, are you just generous in your time and your gifts and, and giving people, you know, like he gives it away. So those things are really, really cool. I think this year handling prosperity was hard. It was hard. I, I, I don't, you know, there was a little drama at times. I don't know if I, you know, love the crying in front of the cameras, even though they tried to hide his face and do all that stuff. Um, he's real. I mean, he's a real dude. He doesn't try to fake it. Um, but this year, I think, was much, much more challenging, which should only get him ready for the NFL, man. There you have it. That's a sign. There you have it. I'll pay it later, like you, way down the line. Wow. Caleb Williams' personality profile. There you have it. Right. Well, he said he treated everybody the same, and that dude is incredibly generous, and you don't see that. That's a huge thing there, because if he had said, look, he's... He's going to have to mature. He's a very selfish guy. He didn't say any of that. Mm-hmm. And we'll play other cuts where he said, had got legs like Franco Harris, and that guy could spin the football. And I mean, I, I, well, I hope he doesn't have legs like Franco Harris now. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be so good. Be a bit dusty. <laughs> like a bunch of dust, a couple of dusty legs. Yeah, coming out of the coffin. <laughs> but, um, wait like, a minute. Like listening to, him, I understand his feelings about Justin, but this isn't a dude who breaks down Justin on tape. He watches Sports Center, and he's like, "Wow, did you see that highlight?" Or he watches a game and goes, "Boy, did you see that guy run?" Yeah. Have you watched the fourth quarters? Yeah. Well, to be fair, and again, to be fair, that's a college football analyst. Correct. Let's just be fair about it, Cap. That's not. I mean, they brought Brock Hewitt on because of Hewitt's connection to the USC program, his brother, and because he's called Caleb Williams games. That's fair. Yes. Let's just be fair. Like hundred percent. Hewitt was not on to be able to break down, you know, the personality profile or the game in and game out analysis of Justin Fields. Agreed. But but he did talk about what the Bears should do with that number one pick. Your team should be built in the image of the Baltimore Ravens. There's a reason for 40 years it's been hard to play quarterback because that's a tough place to throw the ball. And I, you, you, you've built a, a pretty terrific defense. But, you know, to me, that is bully ball 101. That environment should be bully ball 101. You should play to your environment and your surroundings and get back to being the biggest, nastiest bully on the block. And this is a draft that is loaded, loaded with offensive linemen. And I don't know all your needs like you guys do. You know it up close and personal. You see it. You've lived with some of the struggles and the mediocrity. But it sure appears to me you got a defensive-minded head coach that's got a lot of his defensive pieces in place. Now go capitalize like crazy on this draft capital you have to build that bully. Tight end, tackle, guard, running back. I think in Justin Fields, you've got an amazing dual-threat guy. So tell me why that team can't be built in the image of that team out in Baltimore. Thoughts there from Brock Hewitt. I understand where he's coming from. Green Bay's not built in the image of Baltimore. They're not. Green Bay throws the football. Have with Brett, have with Aaron. Now are with jo- now they are with Jordan Love. They play in the exact same climate. Exact. I want to be able to stretch the field and throw the football down the field and have a really really awesome passing game with the run game mm-hmm. with play action passing with great defense, and I feel like, man, we haven't seen it for three years from Justin. 
It's just a fact. Put the numbers on. We have the four today. And you could tell me Bearlissimo from England doesn't like Luke Getze and he didn't like Matt Nagy and 16 other fans are going to call in. We never have good coaching. Mm-hmm. At some point, the excuses have to stop. They yeah. do. Justin's a good player. He's the fourth best quarterback in our division today. That's a fact. No, there's no question about that. Going back to what Hewitt said, though, let's kind of dig into that before we hear more from Brock Hewitt. And you say, well, why are you guys playing this? It's because Waddle and Sylvie booked a great guest that could be able to provide college football insight. Kind of like me. Like, I I watch college football for the athletes that I see in college football. I never really think about Sundays when I'm watching Saturdays unless that person shines. Caleb Williams, I I couldn't help but to think about Caleb Williams on Sundays because Saturdays, more times than not, he was tearing it up. Despite the bad defense that was around him at uh, USC. I got to interrupt you. I got an go, alert. Go ahead. My effing alarms didn't go off. I'll be in by 7.30. Shay. Okay. Lock, no show for his job. Lock the doors, Jay Moore. You're doing fine. Thanks. Exactly. You're, you're, you're doing, the EP, Jay Moore. Lock the door, Jay Moore. It's fine. Let me in the door. My alarms didn't go off. Stay home. <laughs> Work from home there, kid. So, so I, you know, from his standpoint, he says the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. And again, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, are head and shoulders above the rest. Many look at it and say Baltimore could win the Super Bowl or they could be in the mix. They've had a terrific regular season. That is for sure. I think that Brock Hewitt sees the highlights of Justin Fields, the way he can run the football a dual threat that can run the football and throw it down the field and say, hey, just build around him. Just keep, just run it back, but, but give him the infrastructure. That is not a rare opinion around here. Not, I'm not talking about our listeners. I'm talking about from analysts. Yeah. You've talked to people. I've talked to people as well. Those that played the game, those are around some of these college football programs, some around the NFL in front offices, you and I have talked to. And there is a percentage of people that feel like, hey, Justin Fields just needs to be able to have enough talent around him, and then he'll be able to break through as a quarterback. Where your lips to God's ears that that happens. Whatever happens, I want better offense for the Bears. That's all we want. Yeah, whatever it is. It's all we have asked for. All right, we, we turn now. We go to the hotline, Cap. Ready to go to the hotline? Let's do it. It is the a guest line. Oh, the Conrex Tire at Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the Conrex man. Morning, Shay. How are you? I, I, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm working from home today. Okay. Well, uh, so can, can we continue our show then? Yeah. Contributions have been outstanding <laughs> this morning. We're trying to build a topic <laughs> to get calls. So if you, so so if you're working from home, can we continue on with Brock Hewitt sound? <laughs> it sounds good, boys. You're, you're doing a great job. I'm glad you got the Brock Hewitt. See, apparently the work from home is pretty good. <laughs> you, you didn't even know he was on the station. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. Are you in the back of an Uber right now? It, no, I'm driving right now. Like what a, a disaster it is on these roads, too. Like a madman, you're driving through. Now, now again, can you tell people why you're not behind us here at 719? Yeah, why you're not at work? 
My alarm didn't go off. It's never happened to me before uh, okay. in my life. Well, let me hey. just give you a, a, a tip here. You work in the media world. Things could change on the dime. I've been working in the middle of the night or sleeping in the middle of the night and gotten calls. Players have died. Players have gotten traded. Coaches and executives have been hired and fired in the middle of the night. Don't turn your freaking phone off. It wasn't off. Really? Because we called it 11 times, and it goes right to voicemail, and it says, well, Shay has his notifications silenced. Yeah, well, do not disturb. Hoodie knows. Yeah! <laughs> that's a, Hoodie's at work. Well, <laughs> well that's true. Well, you I've leave got... it on so when Jay Moore calls you at 6, or I call you at 6.15, <laughs> oh, God, I overslept. You wake up. That's your backup. Rookie. All right, that, that's a good call for future notice. I woke up at 6.58 to my wife tapping me on the shoulder. Uh, do you work today? Whoops. <laughs> well, well, it happens, Shay. And by the way, you'd be so proud of us. Because we thought you died, we took care of shot or no shot and uh, deal breakers. Yep, all done. Oh, great. We ruined them all. <laughs> 24 questions. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Shay, all the deal breakers come from Dear Abby. But uh, but, well, we, but, <laughs> but we have them ready. We just thought, well, if you if you've gone, if you passed on, we have to continue to the tradition of deal breakers. Correct. Either way, we went to dealbreakers dot com. Where you go, we got them. <laughs> so Jaymore just answered the phone, going, "Thank God you're okay." Yes. Everybody literally genuinely thought I was dead. Yes. Not in the mood to put together a Shea montage. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, yeah. And we we asked Roz Varon for some shot or no shot. So we got, you know, it's really a community here, Shay. We we went to we talked to Tracy Butler. Uh, we called around, and so we piecemealed together, shot or no shot, as well. So this is this is really passing the hat around without a Shay Norling around. Yeah, That's there were eight sure. or nine NFL coaches that said that bastard has wanted me fired. Good. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fantastic work by everybody. Round of applause. <laughs> All right. We'll see you whenever you get here. All right. We're going to start building this topic now to get calls. All right. Right. All right, man. We're going to shake our ass without you, Shay. It is <laughs> Shay Torleg is with us here on the hotline. Wow. The Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. <laughs> rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. That gets it wet. Don't worry, call the Car X Man. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Yes. As we talk to you about the Bears. Some thoughts from Brock Heward. Yep. So, uh, what, what do you want to number up? We haven't, give, we don't have a call to action yet. And there's still Brock Heward sound we got to play. And there's already calls on the line. Yeah. We'll get to, but, but Caleb Williams. Yeah. What does Brock Heward, college football analyst, think of Caleb Williams? What does he like about it? Well, what everybody likes is just a playmaking ability and movement skills in and around the pocket that are just silly. And I also had Lamar Jackson, his very first start, and I remember Petrino at that time telling me, I don't know what this kid's going to do, but you've never seen somebody run like he can, and it's just a different gear. And, and then they played, I believe, Florida State, and he was running away from them. And I was like, this dude's just different. You see Caleb, he's just different. His strength, you know, his, as I said, his power, you, you're going to see him at the combine in his shorts. I don't know. He'll probably not run or do much there. But when you see him, you're just like, man, this guy is an un, a truly. I mean, he's an elite, elite, elite athlete. And there's great athletes coming out. Jaden Daniels is a great athlete. You know, there have been great athletes. This dude is an elite athlete. And that's why he can just make those guys look so silly on a football field, no matter who's rushing them. Harder to do with grown men 
harder to do in the NFL, harder to do with less space, the hash marks and everything that just condenses everything into a, a phone booth. But that is his going away talent. The, the, the learning curve is, is just going to be playing on time and rhythm. So thoughts there from Brock Hewitt on Caleb Williams okay. and all the things he does well. Okay, so you already played the character one, mm-hmm. and he was very effusive in his praise of he's a great kid. Okay, we checked the box. He's huggable. All right. Correct. What's next? He's good with his teammates. That's a box. Mm-hmm. Checked. Mm-hmm. You just heard him say this dude is an elite, 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 elite athlete. Mm-hmm. He can obviously throw the football. Playmaking skills. Okay, what is the negative here? Like, tell me you don't watch Bears football without telling me you don't watch Bears football. Because fourth quarter performance by Justin in his career has been terrible. Terrible. Mm-hmm. That Again, let me be clear. So all of you out there with a Twitter account, let me be clear. Justin is a good player. Mm-hmm. He's a great person. He's loved in the room. Checks all these boxes. Smart guy. Great in the community. All of it. He's the fourth best quarterback today. Not what you and your jersey on think he's going to be. What he is today is the fourth best in the NFC North. Goff is better. Love is better. Kirk Cousins is better. All right. So if Caleb Williams has all of these flowery adjectives tied to him and he's truly that guy, sign me the hell up. Yes, I understand. But then the other side of it is, is that either way, whoever the quarterback is, the Bears have a lot of work to do. No question. Still have a lot of work to do. But going back to yesterday's show, and it still resonates with me today, there are some, and I can't speak for all, we're just talking about those opinions that we see and hear. Cap, there are some that are just afraid of the unknown. They like number one, no matter the, the underachievement of the offense and Justin Fields. They like number one. That's, the, that's our guy. That's the person that the Bears drafted. Well, again, like anything else, you can upgrade if you feel like Justin Fields is not the guy for you. You know, if, if the Bears stuck with Justin Fields, I'm not going to turn a blind eye to it, and I won't even blink. What I will say is, okay, fine. Whoever you're going with, you better give them what they need. You want to be able to get out of the basement of the NFC North offensively? Then you got to act like a big boy team. And you go from three wins to seven wins. And I understood that this past offseason that Ryan Poles couldn't fill all the holes. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. Fill, now you got to keep filling them. Correct. Fill the holes now. Correct. You have an offseason to do so with draft capital. That is correct. Wherever the positions are, quarterback or anything else, fill the holes now. You could be one of the more younger, dynamic teams in the National Football League if you fill those holes correctly. You can't hit on every draft pick, but if you swing and miss on this one, and not supply Caleb Williams with the infrastructure if he's the quarterback, then all of this is just... Well, then it doesn't matter if it's you out there, me, Caleb Williams, or Justin. If you're not going to support him, go back to when they acquired Cutler. Forget Jay's personality and all that. His number one receiver was Devin Hester. He's not a receiver. That's correct. They tried to make him one. How about his offensive line? You had an all-pro in Olin Krutz. You had a couple of other dudes that were fine. Did they ever really, truly commit? We're getting the best freaking offensive line to protect our brand new big time quarterback. They did no. Not. They did did not. they go get a top end receiver? Mm-mm. No. No. So then we shouldn't be surprised that Jay's career record is 52 and 52. Yes. Because you settled. The Bears did. Mm-hmm. You settled. Oh, we got you the quarterback. Well, he's got some flaws. They don't give away 25-year-old Pro Bowl quarterbacks 
and it never worked out. The hope is is that this regime for the Bears understands what we understand, in that you have holes, you've got to fill them. Mm-hmm. You just can't take it for granted. Well, you know, Cutler's got a big arm, so he'll be able to run out of the pocket and get... Mitchell will be fine. Mitchell's fine. He doesn't need a lot of weapons because he was running as a quarterback in North Carolina. He'll be... F- no. No. You have to be able to supply the quarterback with talent. Okay. You have to do it. Okay, so let me ask you a question. I remember asking Ryan Pace after the draft of Mitch... What's your plan? And he looked me in the eye and said, there is no scenario that kid's playing as a rookie. He's only got 13 career starts. He's sitting the entire year behind Mike Glennon, and he's watching. We're not going to be great next year. I understand that. It's a rebuild. John Fox said after four games, I've seen enough of Mike Glennon get the kid in there. No. You should have signed another journeyman off the street Mm -hmm. and said, you're the backup, Mitch. You're the third. You're not playing. You're not ready. I'm not telling you he'd be an all-pro today. Probably not. Right. But you set out a plan, and four weeks in, you said, nope, can't do it. Play the kid. Yeah. How'd that work out? He's on his third team. He looks terrible. Yeah. Do the Packers do that? They do not. No. Kansas City do that? Kansas City sat him the entire year. He started the last game because they were going to the playoffs. That was it. Sat the entire year. Was he ready to play? He says no, but I guarantee you he would have been fine with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and great O-line and all that. And Andy Reid. He would have been. Do you understand why infrastructure matters, Cap? Correct. How an organization's run when you have a plan? This is why I'm, my hope is, my hope and prayer is, is that the Bears have turned the page on those dark years of just assuming that you just throw anybody in a position and they'll flourish. There has to be homework in there. There has to be hitting, again, 60 to 65% of your draft early. Agreed. If you, if you can. All those things have to happen. And, and the hope is, is that Ryan Poles and this iteration of the Bears understand that you just can't just throw players out there. And I don't think it's like that. And here's how I know. When you needed someone to shore up your defensive line, you were able to find that. Okunjobi, right? What's the kid's name? Larry Okunjobi? Yeah. The, the guy that failed his physical? Yeah, not, no, but uh, after that. The, the, the player that was here this year was Sweat oh, and... Oh, uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe, rather. Yes, Ngakwe. When you needed Ngakwe, there. Yeah. Right? Montez Sweat, there. That shows that they understand that they need to shore up their position. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the offensive line. They know that this offseason, more so than who the quarterback is, is that you've got to be able to protect that quarterback. I'm just saying, it just feels different. It feels like Completely he understands. agree. Like a fresh set of eyes. Football people are making football decisions. The yes. Chicago Bears. And if they determine that Caleb is the guy, please tell me the support system. The offensive coordinator is going to be a massive hire. The quarterback coach, a massive hire. And if you think... We're, we could start him as a rookie. Fine. That's fine if you think he's ready. But again, go back to what they did with Mitch. Go back to what they did with Justin. Matt Nagy stood at that podium and said the kid is not ready to play. Oh, Dalton strained his calf. Get him in there. If he's not ready, then sit his ass. Make him the third guy. That's what they did in Green Bay. Jordan Love had one career start in three years. And everyone up there, he's a bust. No, he's actually not. He's learning how to play professional football. 
312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air as we talk to you about the Chicago Bears. You heard from Brock Heward, uh, someone that covers college football like a blanket for Fox. Uh, let's get your thoughts on what Brock had to say. He thinks that the Bears could build like the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson and gave some flowery comments about Caleb Williams, his personality, and what he could do on the football field. Your thoughts on that coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Checkmate 1-6, and suppression on target. That's why I see him in my shot. Shot or no shot with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in my shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... That would be Club Hawthorne Betting Bars with craft beers, great food, awesome salads there with chicken on top. Oh, loved it. You can bet sports through points bet. You played ponies. They got slots, video betting, all of it. Here's Shay W. I overslept Norling. Good morning, boys. Listen to that. The roar, not the same. He just, he just barely just woke up. The roar, not the same. Coming in disheveled, hair all over the place. But he's here, everybody. I made it. He's here. The important thing, Woody, is that I made it. How are we on a Deal Breakers Thursday? Don't worry about us, pal. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. That's what we're asking, pal. Don't ask us. You know we're fine. You heard us on the radio this morning. So you know we're fine. How are you, pal? Tell me about last night. I I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. I went to bed early. I don't know what the hell happened to me. Was the wife home? Yeah. Yeah. That's why he overslept. There you go. That's right. She's always home. No, no, no. He, a little something extra. he hasn't hit it in four months. All, All right. right. A little something extra. I tell you, that's not true. No? I think oh. you should just lie about it. It'd <laughs> 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 be acceptable. Like, hey, man, I had a rough night. I get it. <laughs> no, I, I, I meant what Cap said, that I haven't hit it in four months wasn't true. Yes, that's not true. That's not true. And then, of Doing course, just fine. Shay went to bed early because he looked at the sports landscape like, ugh. Not much last night. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> so he said, you know what? So long, everybody. Right. These Thursday nights now without football, kill me. Oh. By the way, great call on the DePaul game. What was it? He said to take oh, DePaul yeah, they got the nine and a half. Look, they lost man, by 30. I guess who? Providence. Cap, I was 23 and nine for the last seven days going into last night. I was due for a rough one. Damn. But not them. I was talking to my brother. I said, Shay likes DePaul. He said, what? Listen, no. Tony Stubblefield is going to get himself fired. Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, that's there's a number of teams in town where that's pretty easy bet. (laughs) All of them. Look look around. Yeah, I mean that's (laughs) rest. I don't know. Maybe he's Tony Eberflus. Rossi gone. I mean that's (laughs) who knows what's going to happen with Pedro. Brother, I mean it's it's. uh, Can we get to baseball season anytime soon? Start seeing some winning baseball on one side of town. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then the other side of town, get my own section. Do you see the over-unders oh, yeah, came out Actually, Cap, let me use that for the first shot on Oshak, because it just made me think of it. The White Sox win total in Las Vegas, 63 and a half. Shot or no shot, they're going under. That's, not, that's a no shot. That's a no shot. 65-66. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean, because they still got moves to make. Like, Cease is going to be moved. 
at some point between now and spring training. Correct. Okay. So now when you – it's like anything else. It's like our Bears conversation. When you're bereft of talent and you wonder why the losses start stacking, you just don't win by osmosis. You know, you, you win because of talent. And Sox don't have a lot of it. I'm going to say, A, it's a shot. No B, shot. welcome into the home of the Sox. ESP over there. It is what it is, man. It's a rebuild. Anybody else the Royals are going to release that we can get? Angels 11, Sox 2 on the ESPN 1000, Hard Rock Casino, White Sox Network. Connor's post game coming up next. <laughs> I heard they're bringing in powder blues uh, for some home games. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right here on the home of the Royals, kind of. Could we put a little crown on the jersey? Seriously. Wow. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Right. According to Bruce Feldman, who covers college football, the strong belief is that the Bears are not talking to one of the more obvious offensive coordinator candidates, USC quarterback Cliff Kingsbury. He's obvious because you might take Caleb Williams number one overall, and Cliff Kingsbury just spent a year as his quarterback's coach. He also developed Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. Got the best out of Kyler Murray, whether the team was good or not. Eventually got himself fired with the way that it ended, in large part because Kyler Murray couldn't stay healthy. But shot or no shot, if you're taking Caleb Williams, it's a mistake to not talk to Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator. That's a shot. It would be a mistake not to talk to Cliff Kingsbury. If you're concerned about you know how sexy he is, I mean, again, that might be a problem. He immediately becomes the best-looking <laughs> guy in the building. He's taking the limelight off the Eberflus. <laughs> right. I mean, the sex. I mean, that's what do you a, think of that, Coach? But who's the good-looking dude down there? That's the OC. Oh. <laughs> um, no, you should talk to him because of his college ties. And, again, nobody fails up more than Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, it's, it's amazing how that he, his career is amazing. He's only been able to flourish because he does have some offensive knowledge, but also because he's good-looking. Uh, that's how you fail up, folks. Make sure that you get the face right. Make sure you moisturize because you never know when you could fail up. Keep failing and still be able to get good gigs. Um, but I would say that that is it would be a shot not to at least talk to him. The guy does have intel. Seriously, I would agree with you. You should talk to him. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. They've had six confirmed interviews. And the guy from Carolina, I know Carolina wasn't very good, but he has a great reputation in the league from people I've talked to. Thomas Brown. He's also interviewing for the head job in Tennessee. Good for him. So we'll see. I keep being told that they are going to hire someone off the Shanahan McVay tree. That's the preferred plan. Good. So we'll see. That's the best tree in football. Good. Yep. Yep. Uh, All right. Jalen Johnson was on with Keyshawn Johnson, and he did not hold back. His thoughts on the Bears coaches and Justin Fields. You got to hear this. For me, being in it is tough. It's hard because you you know the talent that's there already. You know kind of the situation. And I think it is tough for I mean, me and him having different coordinators, different coaches, different regimes come in and out. And I think it's hard to truly adjust as a young quarterback being able to do that. But I definitely, for me, can see the talent that he has and practice the throws that he can make, the accuracy. But I think you can definitely tell when he's confident and when he's not confident, when he's settled in a pocket and when he's not. And he just kind of looks, I feel like, a lot different. And I think just going in and saying, oh, we'll just give it to him, he's not the answer. I don't think that's that's it. I think it's kind of taking the easy way out and making the coaches not take accountability because I think the coaches have a big part in developing the quarterback. And I think that he hasn't had an opportunity to truly be developed yet with now going on his third coordinator in his fourth year. So I think, honestly, just 
it's about the people around him, I think. And I think it starts with his quarterback coach. It starts with the offensive coordinator teaching and molding and building him into being that court, um, that quarterback. And I think even like Mahomes, I mean, he wasn't just who he was when he first came in. He was behind Alex Smith. He got built. He got molded into being who he is. So I think it's really about that part first. And then I think if you get some dogs around him, some old line that can consistently hold up, I think a good running game, receivers. I mean, we got DJ and we were building some good things, I think, on offense. But we definitely need more. I feel like as far as playmakers and guys to put him in the best position. Oh, a little baby power podcast there, a little Johnson Johnson. Not Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not especially surprised that a current Bears sticking by his quarterback. But what was surprising was if you really read between the lines, he basically said everybody in the coaching staff and on the team except for DJ Moore was trash. Like, <laughs> we need some consistent blocking on the O-line and we need some dogs. We got DJ. Okay, we've seen Ryan Poles react negatively before to players speaking publicly in the offseason. Read Roquan Smith. Shot or no shot, Jalen Johnson heard his own extension talks with this. No shot. No shot. He is the best cover corner or one of the two or three in the league. All Ryan Poles cares about is, can you lock a receiver down? Can you make a tackle? Can you play? Yes, at the highest level. Fine, pay him. Yeah, Cap. I don't. I think that it's fine for you to say that outside of the Bears organization because you're not close to it. But imagine you're trying to have a negotiations with one of your players, and he lays out and spills his guts about uh, the Bears the way we do as emotional fans. It's very unplayer-like from Jalen Johnson's honest, and I appreciate the honesty because once again, what do we always say? Those that's within the organization, if they see what we see, then we're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? It's one thing like we need a quarterback and we need an offensive line. Well, Jalen Johnson pretty much said there's some holes on this roster. I think we can all see it, but you don't hear players saying it openly. Correct. Now, does it hurt his, his negotiation? No, it does not. However, you know how polls handles these things, whether it is who did you just mention? Uh, Shay, who did you just mention as a guy? Roquan that, Smith. Remember then, Roquan Smith right before the season started had that whole Instagram notes thing where he was demanding a trade. Yeah. And that was, from what we've heard, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, the out. straw was he wanted too much money. Well. And the Chase Claypool <laughs> also a little bit. And Jalen Johnson doesn't want too much money? No, because he, he fits what they want. He's getting paid. And never did you hear polls come out and say, Roquan's going nowhere. You never heard that. You did hear him at the press conference last week that we carried here on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. Jalen Johnson's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. He'll be here. Yeah, I just I find that uh, interesting that he laid it all out. At least it was honest to Keyshawn. It was honest. I thought it was a great interview. Great interview. Besides, I mean, again, the context of what we just played here. Yeah, he's I mean, how, how many, just, he's real. I mean, okay, all right, and real gets the you know when keeping it real goes wrong. I I, Despite what Paul said that he wants Jalen Johnson back, we're talking about the sa- the soundbite on the I, surface. I don't think it changes it at all, not the, even slightly. The soundbite on the surface is strong. It's strong because he's being critical. But I, Shay's question is: Does it change or affect what the Bears are willing to do with him? I do not believe it does. This thing is rare to hear it that way. It is. Because if that was the case, we'd see something like that from players all across the league. And I just say it's rare to but, lay it out that way. But, like, Shea has extra, maybe you have too. I haven't 
extrapolated out that he just firebombed everybody. I didn't take it that way. He was just being honest. Look, Mm -hmm. we got to be better. Justin's a good player. His confidence is lacking at times. We got to get more dudes in here. Okay. I I didn't have any problem how he handled it. And if I was his GM, I wouldn't either. Hmm. Glad he doesn't play for you. That'd be a different story. Here's Shay Norling. Wow. Shay, uh, the White oh, Sox. Are you, are you, you don't disagree with that? No. If that was you, if that was your team, oh God, yeah. call him in. Let's have a conversation. What did you mean? I would not. Are you kidding me? Are would, you kidding me? I would get him signed. You would have a conversation with him about that. You certainly would. In 2024, you cannot muzzle your athletes. You would have a conversation with him. Old me would have. Not the what do you mean? There is no old you. It's just you. There's no old you. It's I you. have the wisdom of wow. perspective. Yes, Patrick. Here's Shay Norley. Shay? Wow, Patrick Quist. <laughs> that was good. The White Sox, there is news, are reportedly in serious oh. talks to build a new stadium in the South Loop's The 78 Development. Mm-hmm. The 78 is a 62-acre stretch of undeveloped land in the South Loop. I believe stretches south to 16th Street. Uh, shot or no shot, it would be the perfect place for a new Sox park. Not Nashville, huh? Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I would say that, you know, Cap, you and I were talking about this. Before we, I answer, Cap and I were talking about certain areas in the city that's left. Chinatown, here in the South Loop, which is, what do we say, like Clark and Roosevelt? That's the area, right? Is that roughly where it is, the seventy-eight? In Correct. that area? Correct. Okay, so how many, how many places are left citywide where they, the, the uh, Sox could go? Is not anything much. Left? No. There's not. That would have been Cabrini. What, and what? That would have been amazing. Right in the Gold Coast? Yeah. Oh. Why do the Bears not want this parcel of land? That's what I thought. Like, what is the drawback? It's 62 acres. I know the mayor has wanted and the governor have wanted to put... Something to do with, I think, Illinois Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. IIT. In that area, they want, there's a research thing. It would only take up four or five acres. That would leave you 58 or 59 acres, 57 acres. That's enough space to build a stadium. Why, more than enough. Why would the Bears not want to go there? Uh, who says that they don't? Supposedly, they rejected that site. Just the way Warren plays politics in that last press conference, talking about how he loves the city, still lives lives downtown. I mean, I think he was just trying to tug at the leg of Arlington Heights to get that right. But he talked about still being in Chicago, keeping the Bears in Chicago. From I his, cannot believe Arlington yeah. Heights will screw this up. But I've been told by people close to that, if they continue to screw this up, we will build somewhere else. I, I think it, for me, it's a shot. As a White Sox fan, if, they, if the Sox build a new stadium... There in the 78, I have no problem with that. Because it's new and it's different. I just want to know where the money's coming from. Well, I mean, that's a longer conversation. It should not be coming from my tax dollars. Right. It should not. We are short of police in this state or this city. We've got teachers that are underpaid. We've got a lot we got to get right here. Well, I, I would say a lot of that money should come from the scratch-off tickets and the lottery. Where's that money going? The toll roads. Where's that money going? Like, Shay's too young. When I was a kid, they built the toll road, and they said, seven years, it'll be paid off, and the tolls go away. Really? 50 years later, we're still paying, and they keep raising them. I, I like 
the idea of, of having a new stadium and, and turning it where you could see the Sears Tower in the background, the way the other one should have been redone. They have the better skyline. God, how is it that UIC has the best skyline, the best uh, batter's eye on that side of town? UIC, as you well know, at Granderson Stadium. Amazing. The, the, you could see the, uh, the team trying to hit a home run to Sears Tower because it's right there. It's a beautiful um, batter's eye. The Sox don't have that. I like for the, if the Sox were to build in the 78, I have no problem with that. I mean, Jerry's 87. Correct. Come on, man. Just do, do something. Just, I mean, your lease is up. Your lease is up, what, 28? Yeah, 29. The 2029? I think you play the new in the new stadium in the 29th season. Yeah, I think is what it is. I what would you say? Like for me as a Sox fan, I don't. I, mean, I like old Comiskey. I like what they've done with guaranteed rate. Remember that was just a blue elephant when they first built it. No charm, no um, memories of the previous regimes for the White Sox, and they did a great job of refurbishing that. Correct. I, I, it's a it's a great place to watch a ball game, but if they were able to build something new. It'd be thumbs up for it. Stay in the city, too. I have no problem with it. Yeah, it'd be super cool. I just don't know where the money's coming from. Not, not, your, not your pocket or my pocket. No, and Jerry has never spent more than $75 million on a player. Now we're going to get a multi-billion dollar stadium? Well, Stop. Well, hey, Cap, you got to do something, right? Time's ticking. Yeah. I mean, on all of it. Correct. Time's ticking. You better, you better figure out what your stage is. You be. better. Where would you prefer it be, Hood? The seventy-eight or Nashville? Well, some <laughs> some seasons. Well, that'd be some, a hell of a yeah. commute to get you down there when you got to fill in on the pre and post game. <laughs> Next season, well, my sister lives there. It's all good. Yeah. Next season, maybe Nashville. Yeah, some seasons they could be the Nashville. <laughs> Seriously, some seasons they could go away because they make me mad. But uh, but they'll always, you know, that's my number one team. It's always in my heart. That's it. All right. Around the NFL. Here we go. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? It's a Deal Breakers Thursday on the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show. We have Deal Breakers coming your way at 835. But first, around the NFL, here's Shay Norling. Shay? All right. This is kind of an interesting offseason for the NFL because sometimes everything changes and sometimes things stay the same. And it feels like a lot of teams to me are in the exact same spot that they've been in, whether it was five years ago, ten years ago. They are right back to that exact same spot. I want to start with the Steelers because I think they always are what they are. They're always going to be competitive. They're always going to be at minimum good, but they aren't ever really going to get the meaningful improvement that they need barring a shocking trade for a quarterback. They are, uh, it seems, retaining Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin wants to stay in Pittsburgh. So it feels like another year of 9-8. and eight. Uh, That is correct. And if that gets you to the playoffs, again, as a Bears fan, that's all I've ever wanted is to be in the mix every single year. Now, again, you see the Steelers team, and the thing that's holding them back clearly is quarterback cap. Post-Roethlisberger, they've had a hard time being able to uh, repair 
uh, that, that position. The, the amount of um, production that came out of that from Roethlisberger was great. And actually, Ben wasn't good toward the end of the season either. His, toward the end of his tenure, he was lacking too. Yeah, his body was broken down. I mean, he took a lot of punishment. I mean, Mike Tomlin is the right coach. But again, it's, it is amazing that Pittsburgh can get to where they are at uh, 10-7 and and then bow out in the playoffs. Incredible that he's able to do that with that roster. Got some good players, but not enough. I'm not pushing him out the door, but if this upcoming season is his last season in Pittsburgh, wouldn't surprise me. And all this freedom of movement now from, from coaches that we saw, I mean, change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. All right, Shay. All right, the next team that is staying the same feels like, honestly, they're right here. And I'm optimistic about the future of the Chicago Bears, but they are practically in exactly the same spot they were when they brought in Matt Eberflus in the first place with a quarterback that he didn't draft, potentially now drafting a quarterback, and potentially moving on from the head coach for another coach with a quarterback that he didn't draft. Things never change. It's so interesting to me. The whole point of this is time is a flat circle in the NFL. Yes. All of these teams stay exactly the same. Chicago Bears, same with Justin Fields, or will there be change here in the offseason? Because once Ryan Poles has, quote-unquote, his quarterback in place that could happen in the draft, then that feels like change. Massive. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a massive... T- it's not like we got a new left tackle or a running back or a wide... It's the quarterback. And taking him one overall? Oh, man. The hype will be off the chain. That change will happen if a new quarterback is in place to take over for Justin Fields. If not, the change will happen when you're adding more around Fields. Hey, we made some significant upgrades. Having DJ Moore, hitting him for that number one pick... That was change, but you need more to be able to get to where you are. And again, we want to accentuate the point, Cap, that with Green Bay and Detroit, where they are right now in the playoffs, and then Minnesota trying to figure out who they are, the Bears still have a long road ahead of them to get to where they need to be. Long road. Yeah, there's, I said to you the other day as the poem goes, there's miles to go before you can go to sleep. You've got to keep building this roster. Period. Just keep adding talent, man. Here's Shay Norland. The reason that I'm doing this segment this way today is the Dallas Cowboys. And yes. the news last night that they will retain Mike McCarthy. Do you know what they have done? They have gone right back to being Jason Garrett and Tony Romo. It is the exact same situation. You have an excellent regular season quarterback who sometimes struggles with injury who cannot win playoff games, and an excellent regular season head coach who, for whatever reason, three straight years, you get into the playoffs and you have an utter disappointment in your first game. Okay. Let's... Mike McCarthy has become Jason Garrett. Well, that and that is fair. Now, here's where we're going to talk about the word credit. Because Cap and I have talked about this before. I mean, the Blackhawks win championships. There's a disconnect in the front office in Joel Quinville. Who's, who gets the credit? Bulls win six championships out of eight years. Who gets the credit? The front office, Phil Jackson, the players. Cubs win the World Series. Ah, we've got Madden fatigue. I think we've had enough. Ozzie Ginn and Kenny Williams can't get along with the White Sox. Who gets the credit for the 05 championship? It does not matter. It doesn't matter. 
And so Cap said this about a year ago. Cap said the reason why that the Bears don't get a dynamic head coach like a Jim Harbaugh, like Bill Belichick, and some of these other big names is because the Bears, and maybe that's the old regime, don't want a big name in there to be able to take to suck up all the oxygen in the room like Ditka did. Correct. But why did that matter in 85? That whole run. It's the Bears. It's, the, it's Mike Ditka. It's Buddy Ryan. It's the organization that all won together. Why did it matter that Ditka was such a big face on commercials? Why did that matter? It did you win? Have, you won. But, that, but, but in this town and others, that's what it comes down to. And so my point about the Dallas Cowboys is Jerry Jones doesn't want to deal with another Jimmy Johnson or even Barry Switzer. He doesn't want to deal with that. Well, it costs the Bears their great GM, Jim Finks. One of the, he's a Hall of Famer. And when they, Papa Bear called him and said, I'm hiring George Hallis. You're what? He was not on board with that. And then he said, we're drafting Jim McMahon. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not on board with that. Did you hire Mike Ditka? Right. Yeah. And so Jim Finks left. Mm -hmm. He quit. Went to run the Cubs for a while as the team president. I'm not a baseball guy. And went to run the Saints before he died. Yeah. There's always, when you have success, everyone's grabbing for their credit. But you win together. Right? Agree. And so this is In why theory. this is why Shay that Red is doing TV now. Jason Garrett. And he and again, he was a cowboy and so I think that Jerry Jones found comfort in Jason Garrett's like, well, at least this guy's not Bill Parcells. At least this guy's not Jimmy Johnson or Barry Switzer. Right. But why should that matter? Jerry, you still got a big personality. You got your own radio show. You have your own press conference after the game. You're the owner. As long as you win, does it does it matter? What's bigger, Jerry Jones or the Dallas Cowboys? Correct, but look around any walk of life. It doesn't have to be sports. You mean like here? Anywhere. Somebody make comes up with a great plan and things are working. Everyone wants credit. Well, that was my idea. No, actually it wasn't. That's life, man. It's too bad. But you want to know why, Shay, that McCarthy's in there on a lame duck deal, by the way? Is there an extension coming? I don't think so. The quarterback is also a lame duck. (laughs) McCarthy walking on eggshells. If you're the Cowboys, I don't know what you do with the head coach, and I don't know what you do with the quarterback. Dak can put all these incredible regular seasons together, but it is three straight seasons, and he's extension due. Mm -mm. It's three straight seasons. Well, who, how are you replacing him? I don't know. But is it good enough that you can pay him another franchise-altering contract? Not to fade in the playoffs every year. Cap, he's, he's 0-3 in his last three years in the playoffs, and he's 0-5 in the playoffs against the spread overall, which I know people don't care about. But it kind of just goes to show every single dime Dax in a playoff game, it's a disappointment. Okay, so if you own the team, what are you doing? I couldn't extend him. I don't know what I'd do. I I don't know how you can pay him another $350 million deal. when that's what it's going to be. Okay, then tell me how you're replacing him. How are you replacing McCarthy, who's a good coach, a good offensive coach? He could have gotten Bill Belichick. You got more money than God. I would say so. I okay, mean, so now Bill comes in. Let's oh just think about this for a second. Bill comes in there and says, here's the new system, Dak, I want you to learn. Well, that's going to take a little bit of time, and our window to win is right now. Okay. Now I don't, that doesn't work. I'm not re-signing Dak. Now who's he getting? Mac Jones? And, and, again, what we just laid out, Shay, 
Jerry Jones is not going to bring Belichick in. Belichick, a bigger name than Jerry, for, as far as the championship. He just won't do it. This is why, and nothing against McCarthy. McCarthy is a fine coach, and you could see the numbers were so much better with Dak over the last few years. Yeah. But it's about the playoffs. Like if Dak was 39 years old and said, I'm retiring, okay, you fire the coach, the quarterback's riding off, and you change it all up. He really did not have a choice other than bring back everybody and try and win it in 24. Jerry Jones' uh, idea of a head coach would be more Shane Waldron than Jim Harbaugh or Mike Vrabel or Bill Belichick. Yeah. He's Jerry McCaskey. He's the same thing. Because of credit. Yeah. You know what would really be the time is a flat circle moment for the Dallas Cowboys? Dak Prescott takes an awkward tackle over his shoulder, dragged down to, gets hurt. And here comes Trey Lance. The same way <laughs> Dak entered for Tony Romo, Trey Lance enters for da- uh, Dak Prescott. Maybe. Maybe because everyone calls Trey Lance a bust. He played, what, one and a half games in his career, basically? He started against the Bears. They lost in a monsoon. He got hurt the next week and has never played since. Lost his job to Purdy. And that, my friends... Actually, can I get one more team in that's doing exactly what they've done in the past? Yes. Yeah. The Eagles, uh, I don't know if you saw the reporting yesterday, Nick Sirianni is going to have a meeting with uh, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman where he will sell them on his plan for the future of the team. He has to show them what he's going to do at the coordinator positions because apparently ownership and the front office want both coordinators gone. He has to present a plan for the coordinators and a plan for what the future of the Eagles is going to look like. I don't know if you remember, that is exactly what they asked Doug Peterson to do before they canned Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, welcome all, back. Yeah, that's all you need to know, right? Shows you, boy, you've got to catch lightning in a bottle. That team was destined to get to the Super Bowl and win it. Couldn't knock it down. And now what? Jason Kelsey out, retiring. They're getting older, slower. Yeah. Got cap issues. They got a lot going on there, man. That's Just, cool. It's the not-for-long league for a reason. Success is very fleeting. That's it. Yeah. Joe, Jason uh, Jason Kelsey is going to retire. He said he, Again, he says he'll make the announcement at a later date. We kind of feel like this is going to be the end at some point. He'll do it on his own terms. Maybe on his podcast. Yeah, he told his teammates, I'm done. And did you see what he did yesterday at McDonald's? Mm-hmm. So he goes to the same McDonald's every morning for breakfast. Mm-hmm. He pulled up in the drive-thru, and there's his favorite uh, um, cashier. He said, I brought you something before I ride out of here. And he gave her a signed Eagles jersey. Super cool. That's Super cool. cool. That is cool. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Unfortunately, she's a Broncos fan. Coming up wow. next, we have... <laughs> Thanks, but I'm a Broncos fan. You are? Yeah. Damn. Give me that jersey back. Yeah. Deal breakers. Right around the corner on the Cap and Jay Morning go. Show.